it was a risk, a huge risk, but I just knew I wanted to figure out a more sustainable way to do marketing and also a way that more aligned with who I was and what I wanted to do. Pull up a seat to the table. You are listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. After working with countless entrepreneurs, I've noticed a theme. No matter the level of success achieved, they get to this place where they're asking, now what? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact. You want to do work that means something, and you want to be known for it, too. Somewhere along the way, it wasn't just about growing a business anymore. It became time to build your legacy. Plus, building the dream at the expense of everything else that matters, family, freedom, joy, is no dream at all. The Luminary Leadership Podcast is where industry leaders come to break through to their next level of achievement, purpose, and impact. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and I'm here to raise up this generation of leaders, us, so we can do our part in raising up the next generation of little luminaries. Get ready as we break down all things entrepreneurial leadership in a way that isn't being talked about. We both know you don't just need another strategy. It's time for your breakthrough. Today, we're having the conversation that I can almost guarantee this topic, this thought has crossed your mind as an entrepreneur, as a leader, but you've probably come to the stark conclusion, no, that's not available to me, or that would never work, or I can't do it. Okay, before I tell you what we're talking about, which I can't even begin to promise you how much you're going to love this conversation, I want to introduce our special guest who's an expert in this. So Shanna Skidmore, she's a former Fortune 100 financial advisor. She turned into a business consultant working with entrepreneurs like us, and she helps us dig through the data, optimize the metrics, get a firm grasp on our finances, the crap that most of us don't like to do. But what she has also done in building her incredibly successful business is she's done it off of social media. Oh my gosh, she's built a successful online business off social media. Is that even viable? Is that even an option? Like, has she sacrificed millions of dollars in doing that? Well, today we're digging into it. We're going to ask her all the questions about how she did it, when she made that transition, what does it look like, how did it affect her business for good and for bad, why she chose it, and how you can do it too. So if any piece of you has ever felt like, man, what would life be like if I didn't have to log into this stupid app. If I didn't have to spend hours and hours creating this content that some days gets, you know, 100 likes and other days gets crickets. If that makes your ears perk up like it made mine, and you want to hear about my personal goal in this category for our company, you're going to want to listen to this episode. Okay, let's dive into the episode with Shanna. Make sure you go give her lots of Oh, wait, you can't. She's not on social and she doesn't need your validation and love because she's built an amazing business off of social media. Okay, let's get to the show. Okay, Shanna, I think I might have been looking forward to this interview more than most because one, when we first connected, I just loved how we clicked. And two, today's topic in particular is something so many entrepreneurs are hungry for, myself included. But aren't sure if it's really available to them. But before we dive into the good stuff, I would love for you to share a little bit more about you with our listeners. Okay. Hi, I'm really excited about this. And I'm very excited about this topic because I'm very passionate about talking about building a social media independent business and 
It's something I've done since 2017. So five years now, which is really fun. I'm Shanna Skidmore. I am a former Fortune 100 financial advisor turned business consultant. So I've worked in money for 15 years and I always laugh that I was the kid who played bank as a child instead of house. So this has come very naturally to me. I love numbers and I just am really passionate about helping entrepreneurs understand the few numbers in their business they need to know to make strategic decisions in their business. So that's what I do every single day. Yes. We need us visionaries, need people like you because playing bank as a kid can't, I can't say that was something I did. Maybe (laughs) Monopoly was as close as I got to like wanting to touch money. Um, So at the time of this recording, as we're sitting here together, you and I will be together in the Nashville area in the very near future for our company's two big mastermind events. And you are our strategically chosen guest of honor. So I'm so happy that you're going to be there with us. And at that event, we're deep diving into a lot of things with our clients. But what I know is going to perk up their ears is when they hear that you run a social media independent business. Like you do not need to rely on what so many entrepreneurs are currently relying on to grow or even just to maintain their business or even worse, they think they need it, but really it's not even moving the needle as much as they thought, but it is taking a lot of their resources. So I just want to dig into this like all day long with you. I'm so excited to talk about it, but Can you just paint it? So you said 2017, that was obviously not that long ago. People were neck deep in social media then too. What was the journey like there? How did you choose that? Like I have a million questions, but I'll let you kind (laughs) of share some of those thoughts first. Okay. Yes. So I started my business. I launched my business officially in November of 2013. I had been doing it for about a year unofficially And then before that, I worked in finance, like corporate. So I remember when Instagram was just me posting pictures of my dog and (laughs) random things. And it didn't require, it wasn't a part of business. It truly was simply social. And so I, what most people don't know about me is I have a psychology degree and an art degree as well. As it says, kind of a just overachiever, didn't know how all this worked together, but I am very aesthetically driven. And so when social media became more of a marketing tool, I struggled because I talk about money. And if you're a wedding photographer or an events person or beautiful calligraphy, whatever it is, there's this beautiful aesthetic to take pictures of. I didn't know what to take pictures of. And that was before even I knew about like influencers or being a personal brand And, you know, that's when the whole term Instagram husband came about. And I just felt like this pressure of having this phone with me to take these beautiful photos. And I'm not a photographer. I don't know about presets. And so I really struggled always with the imagery of it. But then as time went on, I really started struggling with the mental aspect of it, which I think is even is is big in, in and of itself as well. And so In 2016, my husband and I took a three-month road trip and I was trying to document our road trip, you know, for business (laughs) 
been taking all these pictures and I just remember this trip of a lifetime and how I get so discouraged. Like, why didn't people like that post? It was so good. The words were awesome and all these things. And I remember many times on that trip, my husband was like, why do you need that? Why do you need that? And I was like, I mean, it's for business. That's why like, I have to do this. <laughs> and so in 2017, I just felt like this calling of, you know what? I need to not do this. And I decided to take a year off of social media. And I always tell people that I was in a unique position that we had just launched my signature program, the blueprint model. We had our big launch of the year. And that was, we made enough money off of that to pay our family and business bills for the entire year. So I secured our finances before deciding to take off social media because Instagram at that time is bringing in 70% of my website traffic. So it was a big, at that point, driver of new audience. Most of my clients were still word of mouth, but my students for the blueprint model were coming through Instagram. So it was a risk, a huge risk, but I just knew I wanted to figure out a more sustainable way to do marketing and also a way that more aligned with who I was and what I wanted to do. So I decided to take off for a year and it actually ended up being 18 months that I took off because I wanted to and essentially replace Instagram traffic with a different form of marketing. And so I decided to go into more original content and focusing on my blog and Pinterest. And so I stayed off of Instagram completely until and Facebook, Instagram and Facebook completely until my blog, SEO, organic traffic, or Pinterest were bringing in just as much traffic as Instagram was before. And it took me 18 months to do it, but I did it and I felt great about it. And I felt like I had unlocked what I call now my, what I call my marketing Sunday. And I believe that we should build marketing on something that's more long-term and sustainable. And I, that's why I like to call it a social media independent business, because as you mentioned, my company no longer relies on me having social media. Should I choose to do it? It's the cherry on top of the Sunday. It's not like the ice cream. (laughs) And so that's how we just rethought about and something else that I did during that time is I track my time religiously. I have, since I started my business, I always say it saved my business and my marriage. So it's really good to track my time. And I was spending about five hours a week, one hour a day on Instagram. And so, and I had everything workflowed, pre-scheduled. I was doing all the systems to make it efficient, but to engage with your audience, post, write the caption. It was about an hour a day. So I thought, what if I took that five hours a week and focused it on a different form of marketing? And so I wrote one blog post and I pushed it out to my email list. We still now have a Facebook business, Facebook page, but I don't manage any of that. And so it just became this thing. We get traffic now from blogs I wrote five years ago. And so I really feel like I unlocked this way of doing marketing that feels so much more sustainable and doable for me. So that's how. It really started as this, not only mentally did I need to make, take a break, but also I wanted a better way of doing marketing. So when I have people say, I can't take off Instagram, I'm like, well, actually, I wonder if it is the best tool for marketing. It's a great tool, but as the cherry on top, not the Mm -hmm. whole Sunday. Yeah. Oh, yes, exactly. And I think 
to that point, the way that your mind worked in terms of saying, it's not just like, I'm just getting rid of Instagram. It's how am I leveraging that time I was losing? And I'm willing to bet big money that you're on the way conservative end of how much time you were spending. I see my clients who are many of whom are multi-million dollar earners and they're spending losing 20 hours a week on Instagram. Like it's disgusting because they have like 1 million little baby stories, you know, like, so you can see they're documenting every second of their day or um, they're posting multiple times a day. And it's not just, it's not just Instagram, it's TikTok. And it's all these things that require like instant interaction and connection. And then they feel obligated, like, oh, well, the only way my posts get pushed out to people is if I'm responding in the comments. So I got to be in the comments and then the DMs. And it's like this huge rabbit hole where it's like, wow, if I took that time and I got really strategic, the other thing that you said that I want to highlight is the fact that your blog posts still perform for you years later. Show me an Instagram post aside from the like one in a billion that goes viral and maybe carries you through a few weeks that still performs for you. It doesn't. That's not how these tools are designed to work. They're flash in the pan things to keep you having to feed that engine so that you're constantly on their app. Like that's how it's literally designed for us. So getting in that mindset of, I can't afford to do this and shifting instead saying, man, can I afford not to do this? Like exactly. what time am I losing by not taking the sleep and what other avenues are there? And I think we're just so conditioned to be on social media that we think this is a must, especially in the online business space or in any space where we're trying to grow and market online, which is like even brick and mortars are growing and marketing online. So before we dive into the strategy of it and kind of what happened in those 18 months and and how it's benefited your business and all of that. I'd love to talk about kind of the detoxification process. Like, what was it like? And you were only going from five hours a week. Like I said, I think that's pretty low. Uh, what did it feel like at first? Did you feel like you were missing out? Were you scared? Like, obviously you didn't have your blogs performing at that rate right away. It took time. So how did you have faith and trust that process that took 18 months and, you know, give us the behind the scene curtain of like the mental process in making that transition. It was horrible, Liz. Horrible. (laughs) (laughs) It was like every fear that you have about being forgotten felt like it came true. It got so quiet. And again, I'm so grateful that we had secured our finances first. So I always tell people, If social media is right now your main driver of new clients, you've got to figure out like it can't be cold turkey like this. You know, there is an app on your phone. I don't know if you know it, if it's just iPhone or if it's all the phones of how much time you're spending in different areas on your phone. So I have all my students look at that. So to just to give everyone a picture in 2017, there were no stories. There were definitely not reels, which I don't, I don't, wouldn't even know how to make a reel. (laughs) And so Uh, TikTok, I don't, I don't even know if TikTok was around. I mean, so I, when I say five hours, it was so workflowed at that point. And as you mentioned, I would, I would spend 30 minutes engaging 30 minutes posting. I mean, it was so streamlined and I still struggled with it. I still struggled mentally and so many things. So, and that was with getting all the systems in place. So when I decided to go off, I 
as mentioned, 70% of my website traffic was coming from social media. My biggest fear was like, everybody's going to forget about me. Everybody's going to move on. Uh, they're, they're not going to care about me anymore. And the most weird thing was how addicted I was to my phone. And I didn't even realize it. I would pick up my phone, just driving in the car. Do not, I mean, talk about that now. Anytime you're bored, anytime it feels uncomfortable, face-to-face interaction with someone new, you pick up your phone. And so, I mean, for a couple months, I would pick up my phone just out of instinct. I ended up putting Pinterest app on my phone just to give me something because I didn't have email on my phone, none of that on my phone, no social media on my phone. And I was just always picking my phone. And it was embarrassing that I was so addicted. Also in 2017 and 2018, when I was off was really when Facebook ads became really lucrative. And I saw a lot of educators or business owners using Facebook ads to grow their company. And if you don't have Instagram or Facebook, you can't use ads. And so, and also we just, I didn't think to do that, or that wasn't a part of my marketing plan. So I had a lot of people really outpace where I was. It is what it felt like. And I missed out on this gravy train, you know, of growing an audience somewhat easily and paying for leads. And I'm not saying that was good or bad. I just, I watched it all. I watched it all from the sidelines. It felt like, and my biggest fear truly was that I'd be forgotten. And there's this quote from one of my favorite movies called Moneyball. And he says, the first one through the wall always gets bloody. And I was like, that is exactly what it felt like. It felt like, am I going to have a business after this? Are people going to know that I exist? But this amazing thing started to happen where I started having people reach out to me via email and then they would join my email newsletter. And so many people reached out and said, I couldn't find you anywhere else. So I joined your email list. And it was just this amazing moment of what are we trying to accomplish with social media? What are we trying to accomplish? We're trying to build brand awareness at this point, social media, if we're just saying for marketing purposes, we're building that no like, and trust factor. And so for me, I want people coming to my website and then I want people getting on my email list so that I can stay connected with them. I know they're seeing my posts um, because this is also before the algorithm. I mean, so many things have changed and it was this amazing moment of, I truly believe in having a small and mighty audience now in 2022, when we're recording this five years later. I see a lot of people who maybe have a ton, a big email list, a lot of flashy stats, but I would wager to bet. And I know because I see a lot of their profit and loss statements that my small and mighty audience outperforms their really big audience any day of the week because strength of relationship matters. And so I just go back to like, what is the goal? I would rather serve one than a thousand at a really high level, you know? And so it just, this amazing shift started to happen. And then about six months, it took six months, honestly. And that, and I just stopped thinking about it. Hmm. It just, I literally, I just don't think about it. It's not on my radar. I don't feel the only thing 
that I will say still affects me. And I tell the story anytime I share about this, I missed my best friend's baby shower in 2017 because the invites were sent via Facebook. Oh my gosh. Yep. And she sent me pictures after, and she was so upset. And I was like, I, it was in a different state than where I lived. So I, you know, I didn't know, I was like, I didn't even know. Like, and that was so sad. Our world works. I feel off the grid all the time. I don't know what's going on. I I truly do feel like I live in the dark ages, but I feel so much healthier, you know, and Mm. my friend, Erin Lochner, I don't know if you've heard of the book, Chasing Flow. I love her and we are friends and she's so wonderful and so wise. And she just really talks about who can you take a casserole to? Like, that's my circle. Like, who can I take a casserole to? Even if I have a lot of friends that don't, I couldn't literally take a casserole to without getting on an airplane, but you know, just this idea of small friendship matters. And I think we've lost that. And then the only way last comment, and then I will stop rambling is I definitely miss out on again, flashy opportunities. You're not going to see me being, I mean, I guess I could pitch to be on a big TV show or something like that, but I'm not going to be found in that way because I'm not on Instagram or I'm just not going to be found. And, and so I've just had to build relationships the slower way and that's okay. I definitely think there is an element of I'm choosing to miss out on certain opportunities and that's just real. Mm. And I can't tell you how appealing it sounds to me. Like what some people might get the nerves or the pit in their stomach of like, oh gosh, like that FOMO feeling. And in my mind, I'm like that to me is the dream because really when you think about like the relationships you build online versus the relationships you nurture in a more deep way, which ones are truly more fruitful, both from a joy and connection perspective and also from a potential perspective, like the people who have helped me elevate in my career are not the ones that liked my stuff or I liked their stuff or something like that. Or I spoke on a virtual summit of theirs. It was the people that we stayed in touch via hand lettering to each other or going to visit each other on, you know, on vacations or things like that. And we've lost our depth in general, not to get off topic from social specifically, but I feel like social media is the catalyst for that negative change. And there are many times I always say, like, I'm so envious of my grandmother uh, just raising kids and running life in a different era where she just had to compete with the phone that was like corded to the wall and which of her sisters was going to call and she was going to be distracted. Like we have such a bigger burden, not to mention like what our kids are being steeped in through this, which is why we're dedicating this month to technology and not from a doom and gloom place, because the reality is, you know, we are business owners. So we're not, we're not truly going off the grid. You know, if you have a credit card, if you have a website, like you're, you're on the grid, but from the standpoint of how can we gain back control and how can we make conscious choices, even if they're really unconventional compared to everybody else. And usually that's my metric is like, is this completely counterculture? It's probably the right path. Compared to, you know, if I'm, if I'm just going with the flow of how things are, the fact that, you know, young kids are being given thousand dollar cell phones, 
without thinking twice about it, or every kid has an iPad, or every entrepreneur spends five hours on social media a day, that to me is a huge problem. So when I think about the gift you've given yourself, the gift you've given your marriage, the gift you've given your child, the gift you've given your health, the gift you've given your creativity and your team and potential within your business, we don't think about it from that angle, similar to how when you first gave it up, it was this, what am I missing online? When in reality, six months in, you finally were able to open up the door to like, oh my gosh, what do I have access to that they don't? Because I've released myself from the chains of this ridiculous thing that I was too dependent on. And the reality is, is it's such a vulnerable marketing tool, or as you said, to make it the whole Sunday. I see people, I've had clients come in who are influencers. They have a million followers and one day the algorithm changes and they lose a half a million dollars in income overnight. They have no control over it and they're completely enslaved to the process. They have to be on that device, even when they're at their kid's dance recital, even when they're on vacation, even when their mother is sick in the hospital, like they have to be on there performing because that's how they make their money. So can we talk a little bit about that piece of it, of why is it such a vulnerable business move to allow it to become the whole Sunday, not even the brain part or the, you know, how you lose your time and creativity, but just from like a business perspective and someone who actually looks at data and numbers, you know, where is that the wrong play? Oh my goodness. This is such a good, I love this conversation, Liz. And it reminded me actually of something I heard years ago. And I, I wish that I knew if it was a book or podcast. So if anybody knows, let us know who the author of this is, but it was this idea of, do you want to be a celebrity or do you want to be the hero? A celebrity Mm -hmm. has to keep showing up and performing, whereas the hero does something once and is remembered by it. And I, when I think about social media, it feels like you just have to keep showing up and every, you know, people share a lot about what's going on. And I'm just like, that is so stressful and scary. And I have a really good client of mine who the same thing happened. They did all their education, had an amazing Instagram following and overnight, just the algorithm changed and they're not seen anymore and they don't make any sales anymore because they didn't focus on their email list. So that's really scary. And I, as mentioned, 70% of my new audience, I had just launched and moved into the education side. It was my second launch of my signature program, the blueprint model. We launched, we sold a hundred. So we did 200,000 in sales in 2017. The next year we launched, we launched it once a year, no social media at all. We sold over 200 new students, $400,000 in sales in one launch. And I tell people all the time, okay, we don't have to have social media. Everybody needs a marketing funnel. Everybody needs a way to bring new leads into their business, warm up those leads. And if you have a product that serves them, then to sell it to them. So a few months ago or a year ago, I don't know when Facebook completely went out, Instagram completely quit for a day. I think everybody at that moment that was on social media and relied on it, it was this like, wow what would I do today if this platform that you don't own your followers, you don't own any of their information or data, what would you do? Business for years. I mean, I was taught this as a 21-year-old in the finance industry. We have to create cold leads to warm leads to buyers. 
and we have to funnel them through. It takes a lot of people to sell one person. So that's how I would just want people to think about our goal should be to get leads on a platform we own, website and email list. And I know a lot of people talk about building your email list and it is true. I can directly communicate with my email list and know that a big percentage of them see it, not all of them probably, but a big percentage sees it. And so I just think about if we are truly getting down to the basics of business, this is just one tool in our era of business. There's going to be a new one. There's already new ones in the last five years. What I mean, as mentioned, I don't think TikTok existed. Reels for sure didn't exist. Everything's about video now. I would not even know how to begin, but I'm still running a multi six-figure business on two days a week now as a new mom with zero social media. And so I just think if we're going to get strategic and smart, let's look at the data and what's actually bringing in the numbers that we need. And so I just love to have people think about how can you get cold leads to warm leads to buyers? And Mm -hmm. I want them on that email list. So for me, creating original content through my blog, posting it on Pinterest is what has brought it in. And I work with, as as you do as well, Liz, a lot of multimillion dollar businesses. And I ask them how they got started. And you know what? 99% of them, it was through blogging. That's how they grew their brand and their their reach. And so Instagram is faster. Social media is faster. You can love someone's post. You can DM with someone, but blogging still works. Absolutely. Or podcasting or YouTube or whatever that medium is. And so I'm a very slow writer and I think video takes a lot of editing. So for me, creating that original content, I always struggled with finding what do I write about? What do I share about? What do I do And so we just started a podcast this year and it's been so amazing because it's like, yes, that is absolutely the right medium for me to create content. So I tell people all the time, you can create content in whatever form works for you. Just get them to your website, get them to an email and get them in a place that if the algorithm goes changes or if social media completely goes away, you're okay. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's such an important piece is I look at things uh, like valuing your time. So you'll hear a lot of people tout their seven-figure launch or their seven-figure business or six-figure this or whatever. Like, all right, cool. Break down what, how much of you you and your soul you had to give Mm -hmm. in exchange for that money. And when I look at some of the clients I serve, and I am not exaggerating, they have children, they have a spouse, and they live on social media. Every ounce of their day is documented. So if I were to break down their hourly rate based on how much time they had to spend on social, in addition to all the other stuff we do as business owners, they're not making anything. I'm like, you could go get a job at Chipotle and make more money. Whereas if you can build something that stands the test of time. Like I am such a proponent of tried and true principles. Some of my favorite books are books that were written decades ago before there was any, before there were freaking computers at our disposal. And those business and leadership principles are what 
still stand the test of time today and will a hundred years from now when who, I don't even want to, I'm glad I'll be dead. I don't even want to know what technology (laughs) is out there. So I feel like really getting honest with yourself is the first piece and being willing to create a level of awareness of, you know, how much does this really have a hold on me? And, and sometimes we don't, think it's much like we can justify our actions because maybe it does bring in money or uh, leads or conversions or whatever, or we can uh, minimize it because we're going on there to do a specific task, but we don't track our time like you did. And we don't notice that that 10 minute tasks, but we look at the clock and it was really 40 minutes because we spent that time scrolling or we got lost in somebody's reels or stories or whatever. And the awareness piece is what I've found the hardest time kind of shaking people up and waking them up to. We talked about as a team when we were prepping for this tech series, we're like, do we create some kind of quiz or assessment to help people assess how much of a problem this is? And we're like, no, because they won't take it because they don't want to know. Like they want to live blind and just pretend like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. I see that in some people and they don't want to admit it's them. They don't want to admit that they're modeling that for their children and allowing it in their homes and whatever. So I'm so glad that you talk about that. And I just think that it might be a bold statement, but I stand by it that people will forever be unable to access their true potential and calling for as long as this controls them. Like to me, it's period, end of story. There's There's no option otherwise. And you might be amazing and performing at a really high level, man, how much higher could you perform if you had this in check? And if you considered how you could approach this and the other pieces, you know, maybe it's a phased approach. So like for us, I'm super excited that we've made the commitment as a, as a company that one year from now, so we're, we're pretty, a very small portion of our business comes through social media at this point, because we've been doing this work for years to, to move it through other channels. Um, But it still makes sense from a marketing perspective for us. So within one year, I will be completely off social media. So we will have team that can run our accounts. And within two years, if we choose it, and if it makes sense, our business will be completely off social media. Cause to be honest, Shanna, that's what attracted me to you. Like, that's what I'm like, I can't find her on Instagram. I got to talk to her. Like, what is she doing? (laughs) So you can come up with a phased approach. It's not like you can't run, you know, do you still run like Facebook ads and things like not Mm -hmm. you personally, but someone on your team? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can still leverage, but it's not even in your worldview. So your creativity, your ability to focus, your ability to just like put the phone down until like mom or dad calls. And that's who you pick up for, not the stranger on the internet who's showing you like what their cat's doing that morning. You know, you can stay so laser focused. Um, so talk a little bit about that. Like for the people that are really, oh my gosh, I can't even fathom this. Give them some like ideas about either phased approaches or maybe outsourcing it or like what are the options that it could look like until they get to a place where they can then remove it if they're not in a place where they can cold turkey it right off the bat? Yeah. I'm just so grateful. Thank you, Liz, for bringing me on to talk about this. I literally hold back my emotions because this has being off of social media has changed my life and my marriage and my business in the most positive way. And, but to believe that it is easy is it's not easy. It's not easy today because as you mentioned, 
the world works in this way. Every single day, I am aware of how I have chosen to go against the grain. And it is hard. It is so much easier. We're doing this podcast now, as I mentioned. It's like, it would be so much easier if I could just jump in their DMs and ask them to be on this podcast instead of email and then follow-up email because they likely didn't get the first email. And so it just is a hard road. And I want anyone who is thinking about or considering going off social media or growing a social media independent business, why? Why do you want that? There is some type of reason or goal. Is it mental? Is it emotional? Is it for business? I think take the mental side out for business. I believe it is 100% better in the long run for business to grow the way that I'm doing it, but it is slow. It is going to be at least six months for someone to start seeing the work, the work I do today, I will see six months from now growing blog, SEO, organic traffic, original content, Pinterest is slow. Instagram can be very fast and we see the exception to the rule and someone go viral and we think, oh, we can all do that. And I think about those that maybe she, he's just not that into you. And it's like, no, you're not the exception. You're the role. And right. so, and I want people to know, like I went viral on Pinterest, which you can go viral on Pinterest too. And we still get uh, leads and new traffic from a post that went viral in 2018. So you can still have that happen, but it is slow and you just have to be willing to do the work. So I think first you have to have a really strong why. And why do you want to do this? And if nothing else, let it be because it's better for business. Let me tell you from the, from the numbers girl and the stats girl who sees all the profit and loss statements, it is better for business in the long run. And I love Liz, how you said, break it down per hour. I always say, you know, are we thinking more about what we have to do as a task or what we want to accomplish as a goal? If you're thinking about what we're wanting to accomplish through social media, it's the no like, and trust factor through marketing. You can do that through a blog, through an email list. So I would say for someone who can't go cold turkey like me, because they need the money to exactly like you said, create a plan to start a different form of marketing today, whether it's blogging, whether it's a podcast, whether it's YouTube and podcasts aren't searchable. So you're going to do a blog, like blog with your podcast. So create some type of content, get it on Pinterest, or maybe you're going to go the PR route. Like there's so many ways to do marketing. Try to include one new way of marketing. That's not social media, just like I did. And try to get it to outpace social media. And as it starts outpacing social media, then you'll feel more and more free to get off of social media. Secondly, I would absolutely say workflow your social media, which I think most people do now. But if you're going to get on social media, set a timer. Don't lose an hour before you realize it. Say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes engaging, set a timer and create those workflows and try to free up time to then go into a different form of marketing. I think a phased approach is absolutely the way to go. I needed to do it cold turkey and I'm glad I had the option to, but most people don't have that option. If you have a team, outsource it to them. But I love 
picking a new form of marketing and taking time from social media to put into the new form of marketing. So just Mm -hmm. over time, you will start to see it again. It took me 18 months, but we spent 18 months creating original content, putting it on Pinterest and in 18 months, it outpaced our website traffic, outpaced what was coming from Instagram. And that feels good and it feels safe. And again, but you have to come back to the why. Mm -hmm. I just a couple months ago was thinking about, oh man, the world's on social media. It'd be so much easier to do it this way. And it's like, you know what? No, I'm just not willing to give up that time. It is time consuming. And I would, I want to spend that time more smart in my business. Mm, Yeah. And I want to get into that in a second too, because I'm curious how you spend your time. Because I think a lot of people hear this and they're like, if they really were to do an audit of their time, they'd realize, wait a minute, I spend like most of my time on some form of social media or dedicated to thinking about social media or prepping for social media or something like that. But I think to note kind of what you're talking about is like people, entrepreneurs don't really live by the law of the harvest. They live by the law of immediate gratification. So the thought of, you know, and we talk about this a lot, like on the show because this is a leadership podcast and our, our bent for everything is leadership. Like we really do believe that it is the bridge to get people to where they really are called to go. Not just like what they think they want in the moment, like more followers or whatever. Uh, But it's usually slower, more laborious, less sexy, uh, less popular. Like So a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't really want that, but they're going to live in this kind of cycle of suffering. And, you know, I know in the beginning of the show, we talked about how people are using social media for marketing, but there does come a point where it morphs into using it for validation, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, yeah, you're using it for marketing, but how much of your emotions and your worth and credibility are tied up in those metrics and you know, there's a problem if you feel like you always have to have your phone on you or you always have to be documenting or like, oh my gosh, I didn't put up a post today. I mean, like I'll go weeks without even thinking about it. And it doesn't affect my business one iota, but there was a time where I would literally strategically set alarms in my day to be on there. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, and I could be doing something with my kids and feel like, oh, this is my obligation. So being freed from that is so, so powerful. But I'm curious, since you only work a couple of days a week, just from an entrepreneurial standpoint, like where, where is your time most spent since that huge bucket is taken off of the table? Oh, yeah. I could not imagine, honestly, putting social media back into my day. I mean, wow. I spend, a, it's about a third, a third, a third. That's what I do. A third on the back end of the business. A Mm -hmm. third is on content creation and marketing. And then a third is on working with my clients and my students. So it's very streamlined. It's really, and of course I'm not perfect. And right now with a tiny little toddler, sometimes I work at midnight, you know, that's, that's what I get. And we, I mean, you know, (laughs) dealing with childcare that's inconsistent or, oh, my toddler sick today. So, you know, so sometimes like life happens, but what I do know is that I want to produce my work in 20 hours a week and that's what I have. And so if that's all that I have, I have to really be strategic about where I'm spending my time. That is one of the reasons if anyone listening doesn't yet track your time, 
And I, I'll try to do a video and send it Liz so that you can link just a video on how I track my time. Cause it actually took me time to figure out how to actually track my time. So I use a free tool. I don't know if it's still free, but it used to be it's toggle T O G G L. Have you heard of it, Liz? It's, I should, I should literally be their spokesperson. They should put me on staff. I love it. And I track my time doing that. And you do have to set up the system and figure it out, but just start tracking your time and seeing where it's going. And it will really be eye opening, especially if a lot of time is spent on social media, what else you could be doing in that time. And so that was something I just really strategically want to look at where my time is going. And so now I know marketing has to be a big piece of my day. So something I think about a lot is years ago, a a good client of mine and friend, she was like, how many people, if we were in a room, how many people could you actually work with? And before having education or digital products, was like, I would work with 20, 20. I mean, how many, how big of an audience do you need to generate 20? So for anybody who's service-based and client-based, I just always want to say, like, you do not have to have a giant audience to get the amount of clients that you need. Just put them all in a room and how many do you actually, can you actually work with? And then now having more digital products, I think that's where it gets into this rat race of feeling like I just got to keep growing the audience, keep growing, keep growing. And it's like, well, no, let's just nurture the right audience. And you'll see this, my conversions are super high because that small audience is the right audience. So that mm-hmm. just really helps me. It's like, if you think about, I remember back in the day, it was like 10,000, I mean, this is 2017. So I think 10,000, you got some special something. <laughs> I don't know. And so everybody wanted to get to 10,000. Like how many people, could you work with 10,000 people? Likely right. no. And so I just think about that all the time. We're trying to nurture so many relationships. It's impossible. We're just one human. And so I think, okay, what are our goals? Of course, I always come back to the numbers. Like how many people do we need to buy from us this year? If we convert at 30% or whatever the number is, how many do we need in our audience? So that's what I always back into. And that just gives me peace of mind knowing what our goals are. Because if you go out there, like more is the goal, that's a moving target and it'll mm-hmm. keep moving. And I'll just feel like you have to keep performing and showing up. And I just, I love when people step back from social media, think, what am I trying to do here? Like, what is the actual goal? And how can I generate those leads and that relationship in a way that doesn't require me to show up and perform all day long? I could not imagine. I mean, again, I quit social media before stories. I could not imagine <laughs> having somebody following around my life. And so the other thing we haven't talked about, or for all the people who say, oh, I love social media, because I always hear that. Well, I love social media. I'm like, great. That's awesome. But I still think for business, make it the cherry on top because it's wonderful. I, I think there's, there's still so much about social media. I miss DMs. I miss knowing what's going on in my students. I mean, I miss, I do miss it, parts of it. The good things about the social part of it. It's like, but is that the right thing for business? So make it the cherry on top instead of the whole marketing strategy. Yeah. Oh, totally. I'm just sitting here and forgetting we're on a podcast. I'm just like, yes, go on, go on. (laughs) So powerful. And my mind always goes to like, what are we modeling for our kids? Mm -hmm. How can we 
live on this tool as we're trying to raise these kids to not become that. And I think sometimes the question has to be, all right, put everything aside, strategies, social media, not business, whatever. Who am I called to become? Like, who am I seeking to become? Not what am I seeking to accomplish? How much money do I want to make? How many followers do I want or stages do I want? Who am I really called to become? And is this like, just juxtapose everything in question up against that. Like, is this a tool that's going to be a hindrance to that calling or is this going to facilitate it? You know, if you're calling, if you think, which I think this is probably more so the enemy trying to convince people of this than truth, but if you're convinced that your calling is to be like known by everybody and to be popular, if that feels incongruence, fine, like maybe social media is going to be the path there. Um, but more than likely, at the root of it, when you let go of the ego that drives all of us, we're really called to be impactful and loving parents and to raise incredible, well-adjusted kids and to be healthy and to, you know, live a full life and to not have regret and feel like we've really so, okay, you got to then be willing to put up against that all the things you choose to do or not do in each day. And that that permeates so far outside the bounds of social media, but that's one that has really gotten very big for people. Mm-hmm. And I think I've just gotten to this place where I feel I'm so human, right? So like in our home, I believe in discipline, but I'm still very human. Like temptation is temptation. So I try to do the whole like using the app thing on my phone that tells me and be like, oh, I'm just not going to go over this amount. But then I would find a reason that I could go over that amount. So I had to create not just like mental boundaries of like, oh, these are the rules because I would break my own rules. I had to actually like remove the temptation. So Mm -hmm. I'm down at my barn studio right now. House is, you know, a hundred feet that way. So my phone that has all social media is up here. And I asked for, for my birthday years ago or Christmas, I don't remember which, um, a house phone. And my husband's like, you want me to pay for a house line? I'm like, yes, because I want our families to be able to reach us in case of an emergency. But I don't want to feel like, oh, I've got to have this phone here in order for them to do it. Because now that's not just them reaching me. It's also the entire world reaching me. And I don't want them to have access and I don't want to be tempted because I'm not, I'm too weak. Like I have to do things that like make it easy for me to stick to it. So that was just a tirade and a thought on my mind, but I just think (laughs) it's so important. Like sometimes we were asking the wrong questions and it's like, all right, well, who, who are you meant to be? And is this helping or hurting that journey and that, you know, that calling now that, yeah, uh, this is so good, Liz. I, now that I have a little person watching me, all the time. (laughs) And she says the craziest things. And I'm just like, I mean, I guess I must've said that, you know, she's just, she's just so funny, but already, you know, she picks up the phone and she, she plays with it and she wants it. And she gets upset when we take it away. And I was at target yesterday and I was just like, it would be so much easier just to be like, here, watch this phone. You know, and not to shame anyone out there, everybody is doing the best that they absolutely can. But I think that it makes me so much more aware 
of when I'm even working on my computer or what. And again, I think and it's good for our children to see us work. But I love that you said being intentional with who you are becoming. And I will be the first to say living social media free is very hard in this world. Mm-hmm. But I think constantly, especially now having my daughter and I have five nieces that are five nieces that are in high school or just graduating high school and to hear what they come and share with me and what they struggle with. And it breaks my heart. And I don't want to make social media out to be something that it's not, but I don't think any of us can deny the psychological effect that social media is having on us as adults. Imagine on these humans who have grown up with it, their entire life has been compared and scrutinized and what's that person doing or FOMO, you know, just FOMO is so real. And so I just, I think so much, there are truly people who enjoy social media. And I just want to say more power to you, do your thing. But if somebody is struggling, who is listening and keeps saying like I did for a year, I have to do this for my business. I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to, I just hope that there can be freedom and knowing that you don't. And in mm-hmm. fact, my business doubled in revenue every year that I quit social media because I did something different. And honestly, I think people are curious. I mean, just like you, Liz, you're like, I want to meet you because you're not on Instagram. People are curious as to why. Do I get yeah. passed over for things? Oh, absolutely. I tried to apply for an Amazon storefront. They told me no. Cause I'm not, I guess I'm not an influencer, Really, but they based it. I'm assuming I have no idea just on your Facebook and Instagram. I have no idea how Amazon comes up with there, but we got denied an, an Amazon account. So now I wrote an email about it and it was my most responded email to, I mean, people were just like, that's ridiculous. And I'm like, I know, <laughs> but you know, I, I feel it every single day that I'm living against the grain, but the health my own personal health, mental health, wellness, my business's health, my marriage's health, my mar- my health as a parent. I honestly, at this point, don't, I could not even imagine getting back on social media. I, there's no desire in me to do that. And I just want people to know there's light at the end of the tunnel. Like it truly is a habit and an addiction. It's designed to be addicted. I'm so glad. I'm sure you're doing a podcast on that. Um, That when you stop and you create new rhythms, you'll forget. And my business honestly would suffer. I truly believe if I got back on social media, it would suffer because I have limited time and it needs a lot of time. Mm -hmm. A needy child. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, there's so many more powerful things that I can do to grow my business. And I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful. I got off five years ago. I mean, best business move I ever did, but it did not feel that way for a long time. And as mentioned, I had students and clients and friends who dumped hundreds of thousands of dollars into Facebook ads. And in that 2017, 2018 time and blew up their, their brand awareness blew up. And I was just like, well, darn. Darn, 
you know, but you know what? I love what I do and I get to show up and serve every day. Our business supports our entire family. Like, isn't that the dream? I mean, I get to be home with my daughter. Like I just go back to, yeah, maybe I could be more popular, but popularity isn't my goal. Really? It feels good. It feels good, man. I would love to be popular. We just got booed. It's Halloween time. Uh, in our neighborhood, they drop off little packages that says, you've been booed. And I was like, why has nobody booed us yet? <laughs> Everybody wants to be popular. You know, it stinks to not be popular, to get passed over, not get asked to speak at something, but it's not affecting my business when mm-hmm. you really look at it, mm-hmm. look at it. So anyways, I got on a tangent, but I just, I want to empower anyone who's listening to this is likely struggling in some way with social media or they want to press play to know it's in the long run, it's better. It's better every way. So, yeah. And I'm just so grateful that you are sharing your testimony that it's possible because I think that's the barrier for a lot of people is like, oh, the way my business is, it's not available to me. Well, there are options. And my argument to the people who say, I like social media, that's great. I like having a glass of wine, but having a case of wine becomes problematic. So it's <laughs> like, yeah, we kind of live in a culture that says, do what feels good and do what you like. But at what point does it become a detriment in pursuit of really what's next for you or who you're meant to be? And I'm just, I'm so happy we had this conversation. In fact, someday there might need to be a part two because I just like, this is such important, important stuff to talk about because it's deeply affecting, like it's, it's multi-generational, like it's affecting us on such so many levels. And I don't want to be, you know, I'm on social media, so I'm not saying it's, it's the enemy, but, um, it can become that. And it also doesn't have to be the driver in our lives. It shouldn't be the driver in our lives. So Thank you for coming on and sharing. I'm so excited to give you a big hug in a couple of weeks and in uh, Franklin together in Tennessee. And I would love since I was joking, uh, recording our intro and I was like, oh, go give Shanna some love. Oh, wait, you can't. (laughs) But where can people come find you and give you some love and connect with you and get on your list? Because I know that they'll want to do that. I would love that. So shannaskimore.com, of course, is the hub for all things Shannaskimore. But if you go to shannaskimore.com slash newsletter, I always say my newsletter is like my DMs. So come on over. (laughs) That's the only place we can hang out. But it's just really fun. We just share all of our personal stories there, business journey, numbers, everything about the podcast. So that's where everybody connects. It's like our little hub. So shannaskimore.com slash newsletter. Awesome. And shout out the podcast. Where can people come subscribe? What's it called? Okay. It's called consider the wildflowers. So go to consider the wildflowers podcast.com or just shannaskimmer.com slash podcast is easier. And so I love the podcast. It's been really fun. And that's what I want to encourage people. We just launched the podcast in 2022. And so for four years, I clunked along, (laughs) didn't do this original content very well because I tried YouTube. I tried the blog. And so it took me a while to find now the podcast is like, yes, why wasn't I doing this all along? But you can do it in a way that's you. And so I just um, want to encourage people. It's not going to be pretty. You'll figure it out, but the business will grow. So shannaskimmer.com slash podcast for that. We will link to everything so you can get your 
hands on Shanna and more of her amazing content and conversations, but I'm excited to get this out to all of our listeners. And if those of you listening, if you haven't yet tuned in to our other episodes this month, all around tech and phone and devices in there's a lot of data, there's a lot of research, and there are a lot of tools to equip yourselves because we're not saying go off the grid and live on a commune in the middle of the woods. What we're saying is this is our reality, but what are we going to do with it versus what is it doing to us? So there's a lot of resources this month. So connect with those, make sure you take the time to listen in and find it from all angles. But this was one angle I was like dying to talk about. And you really hit the nail on the head, Shanna. So thank you so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you and I'll see you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.